0: hello and welcome to another episode of just get a real job the podcast for emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries i am of course your host jamie mckinley and i am recording this week's intro from my walk home from work because basically i've been on a documentary all weekend i just haven't had time to do the intros i was like oh my god it's sunday i haven't done them i'm not gonna have a chance to mark some work working as well so i thought i'm just gonna do them now it's raining i'm getting soaked so i mean i don't know why i'm recording this i'm an absolute twat but there we go. Committed, committed to the cause of the podcast. But yes, I thought I just kind of wanted to do the intro myself. I, I don't want to ask Elliot to do it. I wanted to do it myself. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy doing them. Anyway, I'll keep this one brief because it is starting to rain but if you're a new listener thank you very very much for listening to the podcast if you're a returning listener thank you even more so for coming back and listening again really appreciate it. As always we have lots and lots of great episodes so please consider going back and listening to some of them if you haven't heard them all yet. Also if you can leave us a wee review if you haven't done that or share us on social media anything like that really really helps. You can also consider donating to our Patreon page even if it's a pound a month or something that goes so so far. We're an independent podcast we have very little income and stuff like that is just really really helpful in sort of helping us buy the equipment we need or helping us to level up so anything like that is immensely appreciated i don't know if you can hear the rain but it's getting quite bad jesus i might not i might have to cut this short anyway i'll stop rambling on and get to the point because i'm against the elements as it is but without much further ado i'd like to introduce this week's guest and speaking to us on the podcast this week is an actor a podcaster and a very very kind individual it is Ingram Noble. Now, Ingram very, very kindly gave me his time a couple of months ago. We recorded, I think this was the first episode I recorded after about a six-week break from recording, but for whatever reason, it's, it's coming out now, and we recorded loads of other ones after and put them out. But anyway, this was a really, really enjoyable conversation. Ingram is actually the host of a very, very good podcast called Drama School Dropout, which I'd highly recommend you go and check out. We speak about that lots in today's conversation, but it's a really good podcast. It has some amazing guests on that, including people like Thomas Targus and stuff. So yeah, go and, go and check out his podcast as well but we had a really really good chat Uh, ingram opened up about his experiences at uni and his struggles with mental health as well as his inspirations and sort of what he's been doing with his production company and various plays and his podcast he's done some amazing stuff so it was great to chat to him it's a really inspiring episode a really enjoyable one so yes i very much hope you enjoy that and i'm going to quickly hurry up and do the outro and get out of the rain but i hope you have a lovely week and enjoy this week's episode Well, hello, Ingram. We, we, we're we both podcasters, so we don't need to do the awkward introductions. We, are you giant. sure?
1: Are you sure that we don't need to do the awkward introduction? <laughs> should, should we do it? Should we do it for the listeners? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Hi, my name is Ingram. How are you?
0: I'm great. It's, it's lovely to just meet you. It's not like we haven't been yes, speaking for 15 I'm minutes. I'm really
1: sorry okay. that my um my Zoom didn't work. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You know, we've we're, we're been
0: into this a long time. I think we're all very used to the Zoom Technical
1: oh, issues. I genuinely cannot wait until the day comes where I can delete Zoom off of my <laughs> iMac. It has been very convenient,
0: though, to be fair.
1: Oh yeah, like I, I owe it so much. Like we done play readings and things on it when we were developing plays and. I mean, I wouldn't have a podcast without Zoom. <laughs> no,
0: me, me either, me either. So but, yeah. Well, Ingram, thank you very much for coming on. Just get a real job. So, thank you for having yeah. me.
1: No, it's, it's like a ple- genuinely, yeah. I'm buzzing about this.
0: I'm glad. Well, I mean, it's a it's a pleasure. I mean, so you're a podcaster, you're an actor, you're a producer, writer, you're a lot, very, very multifaceted, creative person.
1: Jack of all trades, master of none.
0: No, 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 uh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm a
1: control freak. That's that's like the genuine truth. Like I like to have absolute control over everything. So do every, I teach myself to do everything?
0: <laughs> that's good though. I think you know that. I think that helps a lot in this industry. I think that's something I'm slowly learning. Like no one just does one thing. We all do loads of stuff. Yeah, uh, which is why it's difficult for this podcast because we always say the guest name and then put a role on it. But no one has one role. Do you know what I mean? Everyone does various <laughs> things. So.
1: I mean before I was a podcaster I would have said I was an actor like mm-hmm. even though I write plays And I produce plays and things that was never Like my first like I never say hi my name is Ingram Noble And I'm a playwright even though I am but now I'd Probably say I'm a podcaster more Frequently purely because I haven't done any acting In months <laughs> that's how I feel about writing I'm like I'm a podcast because I'm not writing anything in months Yeah
0: yeah well this is really exciting for Me as well because this is the first episode I've been had a chance To record in about six weeks so I'm Thrilled to be back I missed the podcast so much Welcome back <laughs> yeah thank You for letting me return to to
1: doing this, um, I mean, it's your podcast. I'm not letting you do anything. No, I know, but well, <laughs> you to come on. You agreed to come on on a Monday, oh, Monday morning. So honestly, like, it. I mean, I don't have a job at the moment. So, like, <laughs> Mondays, what are those? <laughs> like, I have genuinely no track of the
0: days. Oh, man. I was about to say I'm jealous, but then I don't know if I am. You know, it's a they're both oh, my savings are taking a hit. It's not yeah. funny at all. No, I saw I saw a tweet the other day that said like miserable when I have a job, miserable when I don't have a job, and I'm like that's pretty accurate, isn't it? Like you know, yeah, like-,
1: like the thing that I'm probably like really grateful for at the moment is because obviously I can self-sustain myself and I'm financially like stable, whatever that means. But I've got like masses of time to do whatever I want. Like how many other people can record a podcast at twelve o'clock on a Monday morning? Like yeah,
0: no, so I'm not- kind of living like the life of Riley. <laughs> you Just have to squeeze it in while I can at the moment. But we like to sort of start every episode of the podcast by uh, asking our guests, like, what are your... Earliest creative memories Do
1: you know what I was thinking about this last night Because you sent me over an email With some of the questions You were going to ask And I I genuinely can't remember But I think I've got it down To a T When it was (laughs) I wasn't very popular In primary school So like I didn't play football Like I was the kid In the corner That was reading Harry Potter And I was talking to One of my friends About this last night Like he said When he was playing football When he was younger He was like the best on the team He's like a gold medalist In karate (laughs) and things And I was never that kid That was like I'm the best at something and then I think it was about primary six we were playing mandarins which highly problematic and probably couldn't do that again now but it was like the first time that I'd been introduced to the arts and I found something that I was sort of good at so I think that's probably the earliest memory and it was it was really I sort of went for it because I'm quite an introvert that masquerades as an extrovert like I'm very much inside myself But it was really like, I genuinely think like, and this might come across a little bit attention seeking, but it was really like a call to fit in. Like I wanted to be good at something because the popular kids like played football or danced or whatever they did. And this was like my sort of thing. And I think it was like sort of just trying to fit in because I was like just not a weird kid. But I, I was like the kid that sat in the corner of the playground reading a Harry Potter book. What was your favorite Harry Potter book? Just as a wee, a wee tangent. I can't choose between the fourth and the seventh.
0: Ooh, both good. I quite like the Prisoner of Azkaban, the third one. I've always had a soft. Yeah, book.
1: the only one that I don't like is two. I don't think it's boring. The yeah, of I totally agree with you. I, not a lot, not enough
0: people say that, but I totally agree. Not a bit boring. I think it's
1: the worst film and the worst book. And don't I, get me wrong. Yeah. I know we're not allowed to like her, but like J.K. Rowling's one of my heroes. She liked my tweet last year and I framed it.
0: The thing is, right, she got kids into reading and she created Harry Potter, so
1: she's done so much like, like and I I do not in any way agree with her views on trans people or anything yep. like that. But she will always just for one of those reasons be a hero in my life. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair, that's, and that's great to hear as well. But yeah, no, the thing
0: about you're saying about it being at school and stuff, I could, I could totally relate to that. I was never, I would, I mean, I would, I'd maybe try to play football and uh, do it badly.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I, mean? I was never. I remember yeah. one time I played football and somebody kicked the ball and it hit me in the face, and I was like, no, I'm yeah. done. I just couldn't. So, do uh, it.
0: I just couldn't. I've got a book to read. That was terrible I was always one of the last picked at PE as
1: well Absolutely
0: Do you think I did PE? <laughs> we had to do it You know what I mean? You got well,
1: to... in primary school I just never took yeah. my kit in But That's I went smart. to secondary school in Newcastle And mm-hmm. they do this thing called JSLA Which is Junior Sports Leaders Award And basically we just got taught how to teach PE So oh, I opted nice. to take an academic class Over doing physical PE Oh man you know we didn't get that option in Scotland sadly I was I was there
0: badly hitting a bagminton racket or getting you know badly passing a ball for many years overdue
1: I was like get me out of PE <laughs> right now like this is not for me
0: Yeah but no I totally understand that feeling about you know wanting to fit in and wanting to be good at something I, I can relate to that because I, I mean that was the same with me like drama was like the place and music and stuff was a place where I find, finally felt like I had an identity and I belong somewhere So I think that's very very apparent to a lot of people in the arts
1: Yeah the drama classrooms and i'm gonna even go as far to include english in this because they're two of the teachers that have had the most impact on me like i absolutely like i hold them up there with the gods. really like allowed me to just sort of it became the place that I like went to in school. Like if that makes sense. And you always see like that people have their place and my jigsaw, like me, I don't want to sound wanky or anything, but me as like a jigsaw piece, like that's where I fit in. And I had friends for like some of the first time in my life from drama and through like pursuing books and like, Things like that. It became a place where I didn't have to feel like I had to hide anything. Like I could just be open and like, I didn't care. Like, and that Mm -hmm. is something that I'll never be able to repay my teachers for.
0: Oh, fair No it's absolutely Like I totally agree as well English and drama And music Were places for me that's, That did the exact same Well this sort of ties Into the first question I suppose But sort of also Asking all our guests Like how is where you're from Had a sort of influence On you as a creative And I know you sort of Grew up around Sort of northeast Sunderland and things Didn't you Like that sort of area And also you yeah. lived in Glasgow As well haven't you
1: So I lived in Glasgow Until I was 12 And then my parents split up And my dad's mm. originally From Newcastle And my right. mum's originally From London So fuck knows How they ended up in Scotland <laughs> <laughs> to begin with but when my mom and dad split up i moved with my dad to newcastle and i didn't really ever have like before that time of going into secondary school i didn't really have a personality i probably did it was probably annoying as fuck But I was a book reader. I was like really into reading books and things. And then when I went to Newcastle, that's where I sort of say that I sort of grew a personality. And I'd always been influenced by Billy Elliot because I worked like my family and everything. I didn't work. I never done a day's work in my life. (laughs) But I grew up in like a very working class family wanting to like sort of go into like this arts business where the rest of my family didn't really want me to do that like my dad wanted me to be a lawyer and things nah so I've always heavily related to Billy Elliot and then actually when I moved to Sunderland I was living five ten mile away from where that was actually set so the only thing that ever really inspired me from where I lived was that I had to get away from there like nothing was happening there and i had to leave because i was thinking about this and yeah like genuinely the only thing that i ever got out of it was that i had to leave to do something with my life and that might sound like really shit on the people that still live there don't no, get me wrong it's a no, no, lovely no. place it's i had a great time there but people change and i've changed and times have changed and it's just not a place for me anymore my, i mean my dad still lives there yeah. so I'm, I'm back there quite frequently some of my best friends still live there but for me to like do what i wanted to do and not become I don't really know how to explain it. Like a lot of my friends have ended up in like manual labor jobs. and No, I, I like-
0: absolutely understand what you're saying. Like, this is something that comes up on this podcast time and time again. Like, and from me as well, like I talk about my hometown of Glenrothes is the same way. Like, I don't hate the place. Like, in fact, I'm, the listeners are going to be sick of me saying this, but I'd love to be able to <laughs> sort of represent Office in the future with my, you know, and, and give it more opportunities in the arts and Fife in general. But you know those places do sort of they don't there's not just not things there for us and i think it's totally okay to want to leave and want to get out and go and better yourself and yeah and go
1: somewhere to sort of achieve that just i had a rebellious childhood as well so like Mm -hmm. some of my friends weren't the best friends and some of like don't get me wrong some of the people that i'm still in contact with are like my ride or dies and i'll never like leave them but it wasn't a good place for me like i started smoking there I, i i did drugs there like i'm not an addict in any shape way or form but like it's just not something that i ever wanted to do and getting out of that sort of situation where i was sort of left secondary school and wasn't planning on doing anything with my life and then i came back to glasgow and my mum was like well if you don't get a job or do something you can't be here and i don't think she'd have ever thrown me out but it was the kick up like the bum that i needed and i ended up going to glasgow kelvin college to do acting and it was the best decision i've ever made
0: yeah yeah, yeah. you needed that sort of spark to get out yeah yeah
1: so my hometown only inspired me to get the fuck out of that. <laughs>
0: Oh, fair enough, fair enough, well I was sort of, before we go on to the sort of college stuff, I just had, I wanted to touch on something which you, you'd sent me in when I was doing the research for this episode But you'd sort of fundraised with a pantomime, that was one of your first big things you did yeah? Well, didn't you?
1: Do you want to talk about that? Um, so when I was in year 10, which will be third year for Scotland people, uh, Scotland people? Scotland people <laughs> uh, Scottish people in schools <laughs> Yeah, we were offered to go to Kenya on like a school trip and I signed myself up because I'll go to the opening of an envelope, really. I'll go to anything. And it was three and a half thousand pounds. And we ended up going to Cambodia just because there was like terrorism issues. But one of me and one of my friends, Robin Walker, we got together and we were like, you know what? Is it's It's three and a half grand we've got to raise. And a thing that we are good at is putting on a show. So we wrote this pantomime what wasn't good. I read it the other day. It was not good and I was the fairy godmother and I directed it. I, I I sort of did everything that I'm doing now at just a worse level and we put that on and we ended up raising like 700 quid between, like for each of us and then we got to like spend that on like school supplies for like kids in like a little village in Cambodia that There was this, I always tell this story, I don't think I've told it on my podcast, so exclusive. Oh, thank Um, you. (laughs) There was this, we went to see a family, and she had three kids, and she couldn't afford to send her kids to school because she couldn't afford the uniform. Like, education was free, but you had to buy the uniform. How much do you think a school uniform was? Oh, uh, £40? $6. $6? $6. So we were like, she had three kids. We were like, it was absolutely no like no question i smoke 20 fags a day like i'm a tenner a day just on fags and i like we literally just like i think four of us got money out and we're like here like not but that was sort of the time that i saw that theater really can inspire change like because if i hadn't put that pantomime on and don't get me wrong yeah i did bagpacks and things but a lot of the money came from that pantomime and that really allowed us to like change people's lives because those kids wouldn't have been able to go to school that's brilliant like, no. it was genuinely and i would say to like if anybody's in school or anything listening now and you get the opportunity to go on one of those kinds of trips Mm. i jump at it with all it's not that hard to fundraise three and a half grand like you can it's doable but it changed my life completely and it just made me so much more grateful like six dollars yeah if you don't have six dollars you can't go to school it's awful like what like that's just never been an issue for us and it really made me much more conscious of how i'm like spending my money
0: yeah cuz you you don't think something you just take things for granted eh? like a coffee here or a pint here or whatever and, and if yes Netflix. My, i know little Netflix things like that comes
1: out of my bank every month and i don't think anything you, of it like an salad, some, yeah
0: no nah. cuz we see that as an essential commodity almost yeah yeah madness eh like
1: <laughs> It's absolutely mental. Just like, I was even thinking about it not long ago, like my podcast mic was 120 quid. And I dropped that without thinking about it it's stupid some of the money that i spend
0: well i mean i think things like that though are an investment in you so i, I think something like a podcast makes. yeah but did i need to buy
1: 120
0: quid one well at least it's good you know you're, you're making <laughs> most of it my, i dropped my, it the my, other mine, day mine, I was, mine was actually 90 pounds uh, 30 pounds but <laughs> i am
1: um, i dropped mine the other day oh dear. Dented it,
0: so i bought a cover <laughs> yeah I would get a row from Elliot if I didn't that Like if I dropped my mic, he chose this one He I, went by, by this one, I'm like okay boss I'm on it.
1: <laughs> see see, that's the good thing Like Heather's a co producer of my podcast
0: But I'm the boss <laughs> yeah. yeah, no he's just A sound expert, I, I trust everything he says do you know what I mean? Yeah, well I actually nearly forgot This question but I, we definitely need to touch on this Before I move on, but about your science teacher And how you sort of would give you grief oh, How give you grief yeah. for doing drama And like this is such a key aspect of this podcast The whole idea about you know, just get a real job the arts aren't worth anything like all that sort of thing so
1: so I I believe that this is actually a massive factor because we've got a massive problem with every actor sort of 90% of actors working in the industry in Britain came from like private schools all that sort of thing there's a massive elitism problem Uh I think this is one of the main problems so when I was in year 11 GCSE year so fourth year I I knew I was never going to use science like and don't get me wrong I didn't have bad grades or anything but I just wasn't interested I was like I'd much rather be focusing on something that I'm going to use like and I was like that with a few subjects and the drama teacher I didn't particularly like she was a bit of a dick and she tried to have me taken out of GCSE drama to focus more on science and it was nearly happening and I sort of went to the head teacher because this is how far it had escalated and I was like, you want to take me out of a subject that I 110% know I'm going to use in the future to do one that after I walk out these school gates for the last time, I'm never going to look about ever again. And I was like, if you do that, I'm not coming into school. Yeah, I said, this is a massive problem because at the moment you're currently worried about me getting those grades that are traditional in air quotes, math, science, English, instead of a subject that I'm good at I want to use in the future and a lot of people don't realize that like doing drama isn't just as people have said to me before flouncing around on stage No, it isn't you get so many life skills from doing drama like I know people that were on my my college course for instance that uh, know how to now make a presentation that speak more clearly that stand up a little bit straighter like it's it's life skills and I said to my head teacher well if you take me out of drama I'm not coming back to school full stop and you'll lose me out of every subject because I had good grades I was in the league like I was sort of doing it yeah but I was like no you're not taking me out of a subject I'm gonna like you're setting me up for failure
0: no but that the, there's a big problem in schools when it's where it becomes about attainment grades it's about getting good grades to make the school look good as opposed to what's best for yeah. the kids. And that that's It's about problem.
1: league tables yeah, and where exactly. they're standing and how much money they can get. But realistically, if I would have been able to drop science and take on another creative subject, I couldn't take graphic design. Because it was like, it was in a science block. I now do graphic design with doing the podcast art for my podcast. I do all of the posters for my plays. I do all the Mm -hmm. book covers. Like, I knew when I was 15 what I was going to do with my life. And I'm probably quite lucky in that way. But my education was never, I think it would have worked a lot better if it would have been like tailored to what i was going to do with my life because you only had to look at me and you knew i was going to do something like i'm yeah. campers are all tense and fucking <laughs> like you only had to look at me and knew i was going to be in this industry yeah but i think there's like
0: a as you says big society problem there and that doesn't need to change like i couldn't do advanced to drama because there was only three of us wanting to do it and they're like if you all if all three of you do it and all three of you fail like it'll be a zero percent pass rate and I'm like, well, at least you were being honest about it. Like, but
1: what? But this is also, I call out a lot of colleges here. Mm. Do you know to go on a drama course? You don't need a drama qualification. No, you can just go on it Because you're learning You need it. an English qualification yeah, 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 So if drama actually, like, started saying No, you actually need a higher drama Or a GCSE drama Maybe these arts Like my school, I found out not long ago Don't even offer drama or music anymore
0: Yeah, I know I heard about this to someone recently I interviewed as well It's terrible The arts have been absolutely slashed And it needs to
1: change Like, it's absolutely But I blame colleges And, mm-hmm. like, don't get me wrong I love my college But I didn't need a drama qualification yeah. To get on an acting course I think Well, I think
0: there's a, a, a Deeper sort of societal route That maybe also comes down from the top level Of government as well But we'll, we'll, uh, we won't we'll spend too much time going into this I holiday. could talk about this all day uh, but We'll just it's end up ranting reason, too
1: much. Yeah. It's the same reason like your performing arts degrees You do essays, like why do you need to do An yeah. essay on an acting degree To make it more academic
0: Yeah they got to always punch it up No, I mean we could talk about this for ages But I'd rather talk about your it's life a whole episode punch.
1: of podcasts uh, isn't <laughs> Yeah, it?
0: yeah. Absolutely. But
1: talking of college, tell us how that came about. Talk about your time at college for us. Like I said, my mum said, if you don't get a job or do something with your life, you can't live here because like I, and she would have never thrown me out and I, I went and auditioned for college and they told me like all oh, the courses full this year which you normally get told and but we put you on a wait list for next year so i went home and i told my mom i was like there's nothing that i can do this year so i started working for spec savers <laughs> yeah. i was a little leaflet boy for spec savers only stayed there long enough to buy a macbook
0: priorities and then the next
1: year i <laughs> I went and I auditioned for college and I was one of my lecturers who was one of my favourite people in the entire world, Leah House. She said to me, you're not very good, but we're gonna put you on the wait list. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like I need to go and learn to be an accountant or something. Maybe I was wrong. But I got in and genuinely the best three years that I've ever had of my entire life. And I have so much to thank them for. Like the lecturers are top class. Like, and I always say like, if anybody, like I'm not sponsored by them, but it's one of the best places to learn acting. The shows are top quality. Like, I genuinely was like blown away because it's an industry standard show. Like, it's not fucking about. So, like, if you're in Glasgow and want to study acting, like, check out Glasgow Kelvin College. Like, I'm not sponsored, I'm not getting paid to say this, but. It's one of the best, and we had people come and join our class from other colleges as we progressed through the three years. And the horror stories we'd hear about yeah. other colleges and things that's, that's, like that's, that's brilliant. Kelvin's a hard college to do. Like, don't get me wrong, they they hold you to a high expectation, and the work's hard and things. But you learn so much, and you become so much better for it. Because we've had stories about, and these are from people that have come from these colleges, that like you know when you get up to do your assessment, and you have got to sort of say Ingram Noble HND Acting Class One, like and they're recording it and then after you said that they stop recording it and don't make you do the yeah. assessment and like Kelvin don't get me wrong it's hard and like you've got to put the work in but it's the best place I've ever been
0: that's brilliant no it's always nice when you get that first place where you you feel like you'd arrived and you feel like you're around all these like minded people and
1: you're learning all this amazing stuff that's always just yeah. an amazing feeling mm-hmm. yeah genuinely going in and just like <laughs> even at the end of my first show, I wasn't the best actor but we had a show in the theater that was adjoined onto the college and even just learning how to act in a theater where things were parts of the stage because before this I'd only done school shows where there was no wings and it was like you just walked onto the stage yeah so even just learning like some of those professional development skills especially within our industry was absolutely so valuable and things that I still like hold on to today. Still can't remember which side's upstage and which side's downstage. I up. remember
0: doing that in drama, like you do always have to draw it, and I was terrible at it. I'm, I'm bad with lefts and rights in general, to be honest. So.
1: Well, I know that your lefts and rights, like stage left is the axe's view. So <laughs> yeah. it's actually it's the audience's right, but which one's upstage and which one's downstage, I've got no clue. <laughs> oh, and right. I, I I actually ended up writing a book not long ago called The Axing Student's Dictionary, and I literally wrote it for myself because I was going to uni. Oh, brilliant. That turned well, out. Was that
0: all about, like... Um, was that just a wee handbook for actors and stuff?
1: Wait, there. It's right here. Oh, brilliant. So it literally, like, I just went through, because I used to be the person that emailed my lecturers at four o'clock in the morning being like, what does this mean? So it's literally <laughs> just a dictionary. Amazing. With, like, every sort of word that you can do. And oh, then there wow. were certain things that just needed more things. So I, like, wrote, like, sections at the end, like on sight reading and the best things to do. And to be honest, it was only for me, but I know that there is a, a diagram of the stage in here. <laughs> um, oh but yeah Like I wrote that Because I was going to uni And needed to know What I was doing And we all saw how that went But yeah. like Kelvin I, I, I can't remember What the question was Sorry <laughs> No no It was it was more of a discussion But um,
0: no, that acting book Thing's great I love that I try and I want the, this podcast To be as, as great a resource For people in the arts At the start of their careers As possible So I love the idea of that As a resource It's a great
1: idea um, See that's what I wanted to do With my podcast And then it just turned into me Talking shit Oh no no, no your,
0: your podcast Has got some great <laughs> (laughs) insights in it as well from the the episode I listened to earlier. We'll come on to that. Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated, and I mean, there's lots of podcasts, we all love podcasts, but it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing me and Elliot adore this podcast we love making this podcast so if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that we'd be incredibly grateful not just for our podcast but if you love any independent podcasts please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. know. I'm very grateful as well for the next question because I appreciate that you agreed to talk about this. I mean, you don't need to name the universities, but I know you, yeah, 100%. you went to study acting at uni after college and we had a very negative experience there. And I appreciate that you're going to talk about that because I think it's useful for people to hear.
1: I think it's massively important for people to hear and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm out the other side of it now and only have minor trauma towards it. <laughs> yeah. So to start off, I scammed my way into uni. Yeah. So that didn't help. I... Had to do a video audition and used a teleprompter, but when I got there, I just sort of struggled with the jump up in expectation of how you were going to perform, yeah. But then because I had scammed my way into uni in air quotes because I, I got in like i'm not gonna say i scammed it but i used a teleprompter the imposter syndrome was real i would tell myself every day you're not actually meant to be here so you're just wasting everyone's time but i went to uni from september 2019 and i dropped out on the 13th the 14th of january 2020 and from about three weeks in i was actually talking to my mom about this last night because i sort of told her for the first time because it's been over a year now i can talk about it i could have quite easily killed myself i'm i'm sorry to get really like dark honest, and grim I, I, i'm really um, honestly i don't mind at all a uni was such a horrible experience for me that i could have quite easily killed myself for about four months of the six that i was there Jeez. i used to come home genuinely and sit in the shower and cry for about two hours every night because i didn't know what i was doing i wasn't getting a lot of help from the uni i was declined therapy Mm. i wasn't depressed enough every tutorial i ever had at uni i cried and there was just one lecturer that If you have known me for a while, I did a YouTube video about and got quite a shit ton of hate about that, that just didn't, we didn't get on. I don't know why, because I I like pride myself on being polite and like, and I do know, like, don't get me wrong, I know I'm a lot to deal with sometimes, but this seemed almost instantaneous that this lady didn't like me. And we were doing restorative theatre and I just didn't, like, I knew what she was asking me to do, but I didn't know how to convey that yeah if that makes sense and i remember she just stopped in the middle of the rehearsals and was like you don't understand what you're doing and i'm like saying understand what you're asking me to do i just don't know how to do it and i just was in tears and she just started like laying into me telling me i'd wasted people's time i was wasting the people in my group's time and it's like like, that doesn't help like because i towards the end of uni i wasn't going in because i was in a bad place yeah but it it, i couldn't win because when i didn't go in i was getting penalized for not going in and when i did go in i was being penalized for not being in the right headspace and wasting people's time in air quotes which was massively actually really like seriously damaging i came out of uni with the view that i would never get on stage and never do anything creative ever again in my life and i was had in that mindset for about six months and really had to sort of fix myself I want to tell this story purely because like I don't want it to be all war is me and everyone feels sorry for me because I'm out of that side of it now but I want people to understand because it's not an uncommon thing a lot of people feel the stresses and pressures of uni and there's even been a a storyline about it on EastEnders where somebody tried to take their own life because of the pressure of it and all I'll say to people is it's not worth it no the moment that i said i remember what i said i said i joke a lot about having a mental breakdown i think i'm having one for real i need to leave as soon as i said those words uh, the weight just lifted off my shoulder yeah because at the end of the day like yeah uni's important and things and you more than likely will need to get a degree in the world that we live in now but it's not it's not more important than your life absolutely that's what i want everyone to know and it gets, do you want, like, actually, like, saying it, life really does get better once you leave those things Like, I'm, like, better now, I don't think about killing myself on a daily basis I agree Like, I've started projects, like, that. things that I don't care about other people's critiques of Yeah And, because my whole thing throughout uni and drama school and my problem with that is I don't agree with how my art because that's what it is, like acting as art, has to fit certain boxes for it to be good. Like a lecturer has to sit down and say, well, i done this, this and this. So that makes it good. But you didn't do that. So it's not really that good. Whereas if you show everyone in the world what I did, don't get me wrong, I can hands up say that what I did for my final assessment wasn't the best. But if you show everyone in the world it, somebody's going to like it.
0: No, that's very true. But the
1: thing with uni is as well, a lot of these lecturers are on power trips and I'll say, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Uh, five minutes before my last ever assessment that I did for uni the lecturer the lady lecturer walked up to me and said you know what I think after this you should maybe think about another career path and I was at the end like I after this it was a Friday and my dad lives in Newcastle I went to Waverley and got on a train to Newcastle because I was genuinely thinking because I live alone I said if I go home on my own this weekend I'll kill myself jeez
0: that's just not like what a university. It's a rough time. For. It's not, but that's not like what a. That's not what the job of a lecturer is. You're there to support and encourage people, but. Jesus, well, In- Ingram, thank you very much for how honest you were with us there. I really appreciate oh. that you going into that, and as
1: you say, I, just, I think it's very important to talk about it. It's something everybody needs to know because uni isn't that important. And like, if you if you look at it, a lot of actors that have got really established careers didn't go to uni and things. And yeah, like I actually saw today somebody that I went to. It's quite funny actually. All of my uni class are getting their degrees today. They mm. found out what they've uh, graduated with, and one of them actually put on facebook having an acting degree is about as useful as um having a degree and sliding down the banister like you don't actually need one and it's nothing's that serious that like i say this just with anything in life now nothing is that serious where you should be at the point where you want to kill yourself but again i don't want to take away if that's genuinely how you're feeling that's how you're feeling and i know that because i wanted to kill myself over fucking uni yeah, but like I w- I will say the best thing for you to do is remove yourself from any situations if you can, and remember that you can always fund Samaritans, which I normally have their number to hand because I'll we'll, we'll
0: link we'll link that. this in the show notes. We'll link Samaritans in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening I've right now Samaritans. and you need it, it's in the show notes. Go look underneath there. episode yes, please. Right if you need it, like
1: I've used Samaritans. There's absolutely no shame in it. Yeah, I'm not at all. But not at all. It's something like we're in a pandemic, but suicide is also a massive pandemic. I've had friends that have tried it like I've personally saved two of my friends lives yeah because of it and it's just something that we really need to work on and be more open about and absolutely a university isn't something that you should ever really consider that over and that's that's coming from somebody that's been through it yeah and it does get better and listen if you drop out you can just have a podcast that charts around (laughs) the world
0: (laughs) called drama you know make me you know all about People that have dropped out Yeah here, Which is a great idea for one as well We'll come on to But just to touch on that quickly I think I I was very lucky I had quite a positive experience At uni, university Both on my masters And on my undergrad But there's a lot of pressure To go to uni Straight after school People put uni on a school I've got a blooming masters In screenwriting I'm currently working On a TV show at the bottom You have to work way up. I could have went and done yeah. that without the degree You don't need a degree it Depends what you want to do I got a lot out of my degrees Some people don't Everyone's different Do you know what Just do what makes All you Right.
1: I, I'll tell you the truth Do you know why most actors go and get a degree? They want the experience of uni. For SAS? (laughs) Yeah. They want a student loan or they want a backup plan that they can go and teach. Yeah. Because I've learned more on set, like on plays. Like I've done shitty student plays and learned a lot more than I did in like college or uni. I learned a lot there, but it's true that you can learn on the job and... I just I don't think anything ever needs to be that serious That affects your mental health so badly Like I was in a bad way Yeah I don't think a job Yeah I don't think a job should
0: affect your mental health that way I don't think a degree should affect Anything that affects your health that way You you do just You know Have to get out I think And that's okay Yeah I
1: don't think anything in life really There's obviously There's exceptions But the thing that I always like to say Is that you're the boss And I know that this is like I can say this And it sounds really easy When I'm saying it And I was in that position And you really just have to take that control because when I left uni everything got better mm-hmm. and I know that's really like it sounds like I'm saying just drop out of uni and everything will get better I'm not saying that it will take time but you're in control of those outward situations like I was yeah. in control of when I went to uni
0: yeah absolutely and I think like, what... there were
1: times I live in Glasgow still and I was getting the train through every day I mean it'll give it away this story and um, as long as I just don't say the names I went to Edinburgh Waverly one day to go to uni and I turned around and got back on the train back to Glasgow I was like not today and you just sort of have to not care that you're do breaking the rules in air quotes because at the end of the day the only rules you need to keep are the ones that keep you safe
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and I think another reason I love to talk about things like this on the podcast and I think it's so important is I keep saying to in the arts in the creative industries everyone's path is so different no one has the yeah. same path I've interviewed like over 40 people now no one has the same path no no path is right just
1: you you know whatever you're doing it doesn't matter like and you'll you'll end up falling into something that will sort of lead you into your path that you would have never expected absolutely like if you just said to me three years ago by the way you're going to do a podcast and that you're going to get to speak to some really cool people i'd be like sure
0: me too i'm like what pod- like, you don't know I mean i absolutely agree yeah it's,
1: it's the exact same here for me um like one day something will just happen and it'll fit and you'll be yeah. like this is what i'm supposed to be doing and it'll open doors for you and yeah just don't worry about like really silly things I guess was that like because I hate it when I sort of tell that story because it sort of comes across like I wanted to kill myself feel sorry for me but it's genuinely not for that it's for anybody that's in this sort of predicament or environment that feels the same way I just want them to know that it's not the end of the world if you drop out of uni like
0: yeah absolutely like life no, goes on, on. I don't think it does come across at all like you're trying to make people feel sorry for either. Don't don't worry at all. it's um, just like the the little paranoia in the back of my yeah. head. And it's imposter syndrome as well though. It happens yeah. there. I totally relate. I feel like that now. I, I'm I'm checking people's temperature. I'm in the COVID TV show. I'm checking the actors and the the you know producer and director. I'm checking their temperature coming in every morning. I'm like, why the hell? Why am
1: I here? I don't belong here. And I'm like, Whoa, why don't you belong here? You're just a person as well. You, you know. Yeah. I, like, I think that's what you got to do and that's something that I've actually become really good at is just realizing that people are people and mm-hmm. even though they're like like I've had like Susan Nixon who wrote two pints of Larry and a packet of crisps one of my heroes like absolute heroes and I just had to sit down because I was actually getting quite panicky about it mm-hmm. and I was like she's just a person and I had a really good conversation and crazy but you just gotta remember that these people are people and yeah there'll be somebody out there that thinks oh my god Jamie mckinley (laughs) unlikely but maybe (laughs) maybe one day maybe one day maybe one day um
0: well i was gonna ask you this a bit later on in the episode but i think it's just a good time to do now it segues in nicely let's talk about
1: drama school dropout let's talk about the. let's talk i mean i've all i've done is talk about it so (laughs) (laughs) it's just one big walking ad yeah let's talk about it yeah, so Drama
0: School Dropout is the podcast that you sort of launched at the end of, la- the end of last year And you'd had some pretty impressive guests on it Like you had Thomas Turgus, Susan X as you just said Nixon even Susan Nixon I, I I've
1: been very lucky But it, it didn't start off That way at all It was I was working For a company That may or may not Rhyme with Glamazon And I was I don't having, know who you're Implying there like. No me neither and, and me neither And I was having A terrible time Like I was A constant theme in my life Is that most of it's A terrible time But it was just I was in Newcastle Living with my dad And I was working there And it was really long days and I was coming home Going to bed Going to work Coming home Repeat And I'd really Sort of lost contact with the base of people that I've created in Glasgow that are all within the industry mm. So I listened to this podcast called Shagged, Married, Annoyed With Chris and Rosie Ramsey Have you listened to it? I've heard of it I've never actually checked it out you before You need to listen to it It's the funniest thing mm. I've ever heard in my life And I was listening to it one night And I was sort of, you know Thinking that this would be the perfect medium So I sort of Googled how to do it Like everybody does I, I, bought, a, I bought a cheap mic off of Amazon And I, I text nine of my friends One of my own lecturers And I was like I want to do this podcast Would you come on and be a guest? And I'd done it all And it was really It started out as a way I didn't do it for anyone else. I didn't do it for anything other than it gave me an excuse and an opportunity to sit down and have a really good conversation with one of my friends about an industry that I love.
0: Absolutely I feel like We're speaking You know this is The exact same As what happened with this It's like It's like Finally It gives you a wee outlet Doesn't it It gives you an excuse To talk to people with Who you have Stuff in common with
1: And, it's an and ex- then you can have Normal conversations yeah. With them when you're Not on the podcast And you're not constantly <laughs> Like let's talk about The staging of this show yeah. And how good it is But yeah I've been Like you said I've been really lucky To get some really Amazing guests And I, I've got some Amazing guests coming up And like My mind just Explodes every time Like I get a yes Or like Even the no like um like Leonardo DiCaprio has said no to me. He replied. Like he <laughs> replied, like they didn't ignore me, they replied. Like it's, I one of my life mattos is shy Bairns getting out. And that was also going to be my answer that. to oh what my is the God, phrase forgot, that you love from your we hometown. That
0: question. I forgot to ask you that question. It's clearly been six weeks. Yeah. We, we just <laughs> answered it there. Thank you for shy
1: Ben's getting out, which it me- literally means if you're shy, you get fuck all. Uh, yeah. So I ask everyone because the worst thing that they can say is no. Like I've had no from Helen Mirren, Leonardo DiCaprio, Imelda Staunton, Cameron Diaz quite a few like celebrities and like massively famous people that i mean i never expected them to come on my podcast but yeah if you don't ask you don't get which is sort of like my life motto. but yeah i've been incredibly (laughs) lucky and it's been a massive light in the dark during a pandemic because this is one of my tips so i'm going to save it for later on but it's content that i'm creating for myself and i'm not putting it out there like obviously there's a there's an audience that listens to it and things but i don't check which is one of my tips i don't know how many people listen to my podcast i've
0: started to do that by the way i became very obsessive about that for the first maybe two three months just i was like oh i want to know who's listening i've not checked it as much i may i do check it sometimes but i don't care now i'm like this is for me and the guest and for anyone who wants to listen that's a bonus
1: yeah i mean we can talk about it now then i at the height of last year wanted to do youtube and like height of lockdown last year and started doing it and put a few videos out but it, the numbers just didn't happen overnight and the numbers are always there like you put a video on and it says x amount of views yeah i don't know what like software you use for your podcast but i can't actually see my numbers i have to go and actively find them really yeah like yeah. my numbers don't just pop up
0: so on pod so, on Podbean, you get like a chart and it'll tell you like your sort of daily downloads and stuff
1: n- like i made a solid like commitment to myself that i wouldn't look right from the beginning
0: which is a great like, idea
1: because i knew that I has given up on YouTube when I realized that the numbers weren't good. And then if they were really bad, I'd probably lose interest with the podcast. And if they were really good, it might influence it to be something that it's not. So to this day, I've been going for a podcast for six months. And I don't know how many people listen to it. I absolutely
0: all. love that. That's great. I'm going to take, don't get that, me wrong. I'm going to take that advice know- on
1: board, I think. Yeah, disassociate yourself from the numbers because, because that's when yeah, shit gets good. What I've
0: realized is it's all about the process, it's all about the enjoyment of it. Like interview is the interview's the funnest part. I don't you know, people listen yeah. to it, it's nice. It is nice to get nice feedback and get nice reviews. However, oh, not, not a reason
1: not a reason to do it. But I think when you can low key say like that I am only putting this content out because I'm having a conversation with somebody and I really don't give a fuck what other people think about it. That's when your stuff becomes good. And don't get me wrong. I still get the emails to tell me where my podcast is charting. I'm charting in four different countries across three different continents. Like I know it's doing well, but I don't want it to influence it. Like I don't want it to become something that it's not. And I I just, the numbers for me don't matter anymore. And don't get me wrong. I'm still a bit obsessive over my Instagram follow account, but yeah, I don't know how many people listen to my podcast and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. That's Brilliant advice. That's absolutely brilliant advice.
0: And if you haven't listened yet, go and check out Dramas go Drop it. There'll be a link please to in the show notes, uh, as well as leaving me and just get a
1: real job of five star review on Apple Podcasts. Please yes. al- Please also leave Ingram's podcast
0: a five star review as well. Do both right now. Go and do it. Do you
1: know what? I genuinely, <laughs> I don't think people actually understand like how much a review helps. It's
0: so helpful, isn't it?
1: Like even just clicking the five stars. You, like please write something, but. Yeah, just click five. It helps. Or sharing it word of mouth as well. Word of mouth, like... Everything is Everything that you can do for free Helps
0: so much Yeah And the thing with podcasting as well It's such a saturated market Because you have these big companies Who make podcasts That not even many people listen to But they just pump loads of money And sponsorship into it So an independent podcast Like ourselves It's even harder for us Because we don't have a lot of money behind us So like We
1: depend on word of mouth I have no budget produce. Yeah we have, we have I we have, have Yeah, Zero pounds in budget Like Whatever I buy for this podcast Comes out of my personal bank account Yeah Well that that's like, why
0: We did that for a long time I'm very grateful we Made a Patreon page And we make About £40 a month Which I'm so grateful for It's not a lot of money But that covers our bases And I'm so grateful yeah. To people get are uh, given the time To do that It means the world to me So, Do you know
1: what I was going to do it right I was going to do a Patreon and I I really thought about it and I, I worked out how I would do it. And then I just sat and I looked and I was like, I couldn't ask people for money to listen to me, the amount of shite that I talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I've listened to your podcast and yours is an actual resource that I feel like people could use. I, I <laughs> was I think you do yourself a massive disservice. I appreciate that, though. I think your podcast is good too. I genuinely thought it was. I got mine's some... more like an interviewee type of thing, so like whereas it's... I feel like, yeah, maybe. yeah, but you ask like decent questions. I'm like, <laughs> uh, so the government told us all to retrain last year. What would you want to retrain as if we were? to do That's a great
0: that? question. Well, wait, don't don't speak too soon. I've got some fun questions which maybe aren't going to be as useful coming up for you. But I think... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think your podcast is is, is valuable. Oh, thank as well. you. Um, I appreciate. that that. Anyway, but I, f- I feel like it's time to talk about your new project, your play, which is cu- which is coming out next April. bro. And, yes. w- and I I'm very grateful for you to sending it to me. I will read it. I'm apologise. Uh,
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good no this is where we get off it's uh, i wrote it with one of my best friends and not to talk about the podcast anymore but she's also a co-producer of my podcast <laughs> and we wrote it over lockdown and that's like we've done the majority of it over zoom that's why i'm like so sick of zoom. like the amount of hours that i've spent yeah. on zoom are is ridiculous but yeah it's coming to the web to see on thursday the 21st of april that is right isn't it yeah twenty twenty two at the Websters theater we've got an actually we've got an amazing cast. And uh, when does this come out? Can I talk about it? Yeah, uh, it probably be the next month or two yeah okay, no i can't talk about it yet okay. um we've got an amazing cast genuinely we done a rehearsed reading of it in not with the same cast we've done a rehearsed reading in february we raised enough money to book a theater so we're booked in for the webster's theater uh, absolutely buzzing we got lots of great feedback about the play yeah it's about this family they're called the moffat family and their grandma comes back who they haven't seen in 20 years and she has dementia and she's coming back to right some of the wrongs while she can still remember what she's done wrong and even in saying that it's a massively hilarious show there are moments where you'll be laughing there are moments where you'll be in tears it's just an all round show and i'm so proud of what me and heather have been able to do especially considering we wrote it during the height of like the pandemic and we sort of have done the main bulk of production while we're still not allowed <laughs> to see yeah. each other
0: yeah yeah no it's great and i'm i look forward i'll hopefully come and see that next year then i'll, I'll oh, try please and come do. And, honestly i'm so excited to go back to the theater again it's I've oh, it.
1: I'm, like i'm so buzzing to go back to the theater yeah like i can't wait well just before
0: i go into sort of these some fun questions for you i just wanted to ask you a bit more about sort of playwriting because you'd written quite a lot of things haven't you
1: yeah don't go looking for them not a lot of them are good. <laughs> That's, to
0: be a good writer, you've got to write badly,
1: though. Yeah. So, like I said, I wrote that pan mine when I was 16 with mm-hmm. my friend Robin Walker. And then that, I was really massively, I wanted to be a writer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write novels and things. And I don't have the patience for that. I want it to be done yesterday. I'm the exact
0: same. That's why I'm really struggling to write at the moment. Because you, with a podcast, at least when you, you know, you can make it, put it out within a few weeks. When you write a script, yeah. that's like a two-year job. You're right.
1: You're not going to get the instant gratification for well, it. Type thing i can write a first draft of a play in a weekend Mm -hmm. like if i'm really like when i have an idea i have an idea i can write it in a weekend because i i write really weirdly i don't plan sort of know what's going to happen and i know what i sort of want to happen at the end but all of the stuff in between i write and see where it takes me like i've got yeah all different plays that have been scrapped and The thing, uh, by the way, I realized it's a podcast there. I just showed four notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I should have corrected. I do that all the time. But yeah, like I write really weirdly. Like I don't plan. I sort of know where I'm going. But yeah, a lot of it's shite. (laughs) Mm. And then when I do get one that's finished, I sort of look at it and I'm really proud of it for like months. And then I sort of write the next thing. And then the thing that I wrote prior looks a bit rubbish in comparison. Yeah. So I I had a lot of my books published. (laughs) Um, i saw I had that a yeah on the session i'm genuinely and, impressed but a lot of them have been shelved <laughs> like a lot of them you can't buy anymore just because i don't want that sh- stuff out there like i think the only ones that you can currently buy are the world's greatest dance teacher which i wrote with abby lee miller from well i wrote it and she approved it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is where we get off i don't think you can even buy this is where we get off anymore because we're currently putting the the new book cover on it with the cast picture so i think there's only one book that you can buy at the moment well, that's exciting that's exciting oh i'm absolutely buzzing but like i said i want everything done yesterday and heather she works a full-time monday to friday nine to five job so like she's hardly got any fucking time and i'm just like right we need to like Mm. sort something out and sit down and have a massive production meeting and get everything done in one day
0: (laughs) well you i think what i've learned from the last sort of hour already is you're a very very proactive person and you just go out and do things which i
1: love i need to be more like that myself i feel like you're really going for it It's, it's not even that so much it's it's my my projects consume my life like i am um, i said Do you want to come on the podcast and she was like yeah i'm free on the 24th of june or whatever it was and i sat down and i wrote the episode <laughs> yeah like my, my projects just consume my life sort of thing and i find it really difficult to sit down and like say watch netflix for an hour in the night and um, i totally like,
0: relate to that as well I mean, I, i'll sit
1: will okay. i'll put the telly on but like i'm sat with my laptop and Working on something and like and normally it's something that's never going to see the light of day. It's just sometimes it's stupid and I need to learn to be able to switch off because there's going to be points Mm. where I'm like. But the whole thing with the play is I want to get all of the little jobs done because we're directing for the first time and we're producing, and I know that we're going to get quite stressed about it. So I'm like, let's get the program done now. Yeah. So then that's one less thing to worry about at the time comes up. So yeah, like I just I'm a bit of a I'm all over the place. I'm um, impatient. That's fair.
0: Like a lot of creative people Are a bit impatient And sadly you need to be Very patient in this industry Because yeah. it's, it's a long It's a long road It's a slow burner
1: Like I get dead worried About things like When I do recordings And that. And I'm like to people You do know this isn't Going to be out until August we can record this At another time if the one And they're like No that's industry standard That you record something yeah, And it doesn't yeah, come yeah, out yeah, For yeah. a while like, The thing I'm working on
0: now Isn't coming out Until February next year Apparently And I'm like Oh that's a long wait But you know That's probably standard Isn't it So.
1: Well this play That I'm working on now Is April next year And we've got the program Ready for people to buy
0: <laughs> That's very organised. I love it. Well, I've got some fun questions to ask you now, Ingram. Which uh, I always I'm ready for it. Get, and I haven't told you any of these, so you know this. I'm kind of springing them on you a wee bit. But so I'm on the spot. Is, my, my first question for you is: as an actor, if you could play
1: anyone from history, who would you like to play? That's difficult because I'm one of the lucky people that can say they've played their dream Shakespeare role. I played Macbeth. Mm-hmm. But anyone from history? Do you know what? Like I'm gonna hit out with frank sinatra like oh it's an excellent choice like maybe someone like that frank sinatra somebody that we don't really know of elvis yeah as long as it was a good script i'll play anyone yeah as long as there's money involved i'll play absolutely anyone well they're both very good answers both very good answers
0: my next question for you is who are your biggest influences either as a playwright or as an actor or just as a creative
1: in general how much time do we have (laughs) um got a bit of time (laughs) I I, I won't talk too much about them Susan Nixon for writing One of my absolute heroes Uh, I enjoy acting because I like telling real stories By real people Not really massively into fantastical stories That aren't true to life Like I enjoy telling real people's stories And I think she does that so exceptionally well Or the same sort of thing for acting uh, David Threlfall Who was Frank in Shameless Mm -hmm. One of my heroes The same thing One of my favourite actors Is Jodie Latham Who was in Shameless Like I'm not a massive fan of your like I'm a fan of them but of A-list actors like my favourite actors are sort of ones that are only known locally And I recently. actually
0: love it when people give those answers though it's a bit more interesting to me Do you know? Yeah. it's boring if somebody just goes like Helen Mirren. I mean, if they are, if that's, therapy. I mean, she's a great, yeah, she's actress. a great actress. I totally agree as well. I was about to say, if they do love her, that that's totally valid but as well. I just find it you more. You can also look at
1: actresses like Annie Wallace, who was the first, like, sort of trans person to have a massive role, and she helped originate the role. And then mm. you've got other people like one of the absolute icons and who will be missed massively, Barbara Windsor, mm. who I just think there's a lot more. There's a lot of actors who deserve a lot more yeah.
0: praise. I I just find it interesting When people sort of Quote or cite Like people like Maybe I don't know As much about either Or just you know That are more personal to them I I think that's interesting Yeah Well another question That I sort of ask everyone Is like if you could have written A film that has been released
1: In the last Gavin and Stacey Yeah I know it's not a film I was about to say Or TV So (laughs) you But I always, I say to my friends all the time, I would love to write the next Gavin and Stacey, like not the next series, not the next series, but just the next thing that was as popular as that. I just finished binging it. It's so good. It's such a good TV show. And there's
0: just so many times.
1: Millions of times. Yeah. It's just the way that they sort of like, again, it's a real glory sort of thing. But there's this like five minute scene where they're talking about oven gloves. (laughs) Like, where does that happen? and i I just think uh, ruth jones again one of my inspirations i absolutely love it well the the next question could um go either way because this is a new question i've I've just written but i'm
0: going to give you three categories i want you to pick one of the following three all right okay the option of a sweaty dance floor a drunk karaoke night or a hungover sunday
1: a drunk karaoke night right what are you singing like i have several different songs like you can list them all if i'm really drunk we're doing no scrubs by tlc okay then if they've got it anything RuPaul anything RuPaul (laughs) and then like to cap off the night country roads yeah oh excellent choices I
0: miss karaoke so much the last
1: time I went on a karaoke night out I got chucked out and got barred because I was too drunk
0: really Uh, well I I did hear you in the Thomas Turgill episode talking about how you love to drink wine on a night out was it 13 13 13 bottles or
1: 9 bottles was it it was oh, i can't remember like i think it would have been 13 but that was like going from like 12 o'clock in the afternoon to stupid o'clock at night yeah. no i'm too lazy to go back and forward to the bar so i get a full bottle of wine yeah fair no it was a good it was a good it
0: was a good point you made on the episode <laughs> um, really enjoyed it these country roads take me home Well, but I was starting to wrap things up, but Go for it. one of the one of the questions we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, one of my favourite questions to ask people, but what's the sort of worst part-time job or worst, quote, real job you'd had to work to support your art?
1: Oh, I worked for a company that rhymes with the glamour's <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I was inventory control and quality assurance department, and I literally stood at a conveyor belt and counted things all day. Yeah. So a box would come along and it would say, pick all the lipsticks out and count them. And then oh, you'd no. say there's three and it would say that's wrong. And what would then do and you'd have to point. recount it and yeah. you'd say there was three again and <laughs> there was three there. So you put it back in and it accepted it. No, it was a terrible place to work. And I think I'm actually breaking an in NDA here, um, <laughs> but I don't care. I took two sick days once because I didn't want to go in and once because I actually had food poisoning and my probation was extended by three months. Jesus, I was like, "You can extend my probation all you like." Here's my notice, and I like, <laughs> I left. No, terrible, terrible place to work for. But I've worked in. I worked for a nightclub promoter. I promoted the Sav in Glasgow. Don't I don't know, know if you have ever heard of it. I've never worked really there know. for two weeks and didn't get paid. Oh. oh, you need to go for a Sav Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I worked the night shift there. I worked for Specsavers. I was a leaflet boy at Specsavers. I'm the one that harasses you to get your um, eye test done. What else have I done? I've worked. I worked in the co-op warehouse last year. I've never done a job that I liked. Like, not gonna lie
0: yeah i don't think many people enjoy the part time i think you have to be very lucky to sort of work i did enjoy enjoy. i
1: worked at glasgow christmas market one year selling chocolate kisses oh nice that's good that's always money wasn't the best but i enjoyed it
0: yeah did you get to eat the chocolate
1: i didn't like it it was horrible
0: oh fair enough it's a bit of a not quite as good
1: it it was shite chocolate
0: (laughs) fair fair well ingram before i ask the last question, i just want to say this has been such good fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've had this.
1: so much fun. Like, I'm glad. I was actually pretty nervous being on the other side of it. But I, if anybody else wants me to come on their podcast, I, I enjoyed doing this one.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there will be people out there. No, it's been, a, we could have spoke about lots more stuff. I feel like you've done so many things that I miss things out. But honestly, it's been I mean, been I really haven't.
1: No, I, no, I no. really haven't. We've, we've clocked all the interesting things.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. But we sort of like to finish every episode by getting our guests to round up what their sort of advice or tips would be to anyone who maybe wants to work in the creative industries in any role, really what would you advise
1: so them be? I thought about this a lot and sort of the ones that I came up with were really cliché like be ready to make some sacrifices the the most powerful thing that you can say is no like remember you can say no but my my number one tip that I don't think that anyone else will say is disassociate yourself from the numbers if you're making content and putting it online don't even look at that view account because if you're making content that you're happy with it doesn't matter what the number is and if you can <laughs> avoid it altogether that's even better because like even your mental health like I I put out my content and I, I don't look at the numbers and it, it's a lot better and i enjoy i enjoy making my content because i just i'm not chasing that next big number
0: mm-hmm.
1: and oh. that that would be my like one piece of advice i, like,
0: I think that's brilliant honestly I, i've never thought about it in that quite in that way before i think i i
1: personally needed to hear
0: that advice as well i think
1: it's I, yeah i think it's great i just think it's not even really advice it's just sort of like social media has taken over every aspect of our lives we use it every day good and bad but it it becomes a hindrance at some points and do not get me wrong i still check my instagram picture 10 minutes after i put it up (laughs) to see how many likes i've got i'm pretty obsessive over my follow account but if you can sort of with your content that you're creating if you can and i'm aware that it's sort of a brand and a business having a podcast so you kind of have to be semi-obsessive over the numbers but if you can afford to and if you're doing this just as a hobby and a job not looking at the numbers is the best decision i ever made yeah
0: or at least not become obsessive about the numbers yeah definitely
1: but i think yeah. you're sort of gonna become obsessive yeah. with the numbers so if i really wanted to look i'd probably ask somebody else just to tell True. if they were bad or good i wouldn't want to know yeah the not
0: the exact thing. yeah i think we live in a very numbered society as well because you're always looking at your step count you're always looking at your you know whatever snapchat score or whatever i don't know
1: yeah instagram followers we live in just this massive world and people also need to remember that it's not real life Mm -hmm. like nobody if you only knew me through social media you'll never know what i'm actually thinking you're only seeing the bits that i want you to see yeah like there was the times when i was at uni i wasn't putting videos up of me crying in the shower for two hours i was putting the videos up of me and my friends fucking about in the train station like so just So you've always got to remember that it's not real and that these are just, it's it's one massive TV show. It's one massive fictional TV show. Yeah, absolutely. And the sooner that we can all sort of realize that and be able to use it for the better and because it just, it's like a massively great thing and don't get me wrong, I've got Instagram in my hand 24 seven, but just getting rid of those numbers and the importance of shooting for those, those big numbers. And you, the only thing that you really have to be content with And chasing is happiness absolutely we measure success wrong don't we i think success is being happy
0: first and foremost yeah if you're happy then you're a success
1: from what i do and everything like if nobody comes to this play that i put on i'm really happy doing it i'm working with people that i absolutely love heather one of my best friends one of my ride or dies i'm having so much fun that it's worth if i pummel 600 quid into it and don't get any of it back it will be worth it yeah
0: absolutely this is all about the process all about enjoying the process as well yeah
1: you, you just gotta be happy and just once you disassociate yourself from the numbers you will become happy yeah absolutely. and i know like saying this i said this to one of my friends who has an actual business she runs a cake shop and she was like yeah i have taxes and bills to pay i need to be obsessed with the numbers so don't get me wrong i know you need to sort there's of there's a time and up. a place
0: though isn't there? It's, it's, that's, yeah guess what that's what you're
1: saying i think with social media content if you don't have a massive budget and, and needing to like so like with my podcast in my play I really don't care what I get back from that like anything that I get is nice but I don't need to be obsessed with it so I don't need to look at the numbers because I don't need to tell people the numbers because I'm not trying to get ads so like if you can just disassociate and I know I'm talking a lot and getting really like off track but just disassociate yourself from the numbers I'll end it there
0: it's alright. We can tidy the the last.
1: Make it so much. <laughs> Just e- edit me right out.
0: That's fine. Well, Ingram, honestly, thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thank and
1: you so good, much for having me. No like, I'm Absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Well, good luck with the podcast. I'm looking forward yes. to listening to
0: more episodes. I'm going to have
1: to have you on. Oh, thank you. Please. Yeah. You're going to have to come and do drama school dropout. I will do. I will do. Even though I'm not at all a dropout, I'm probably a conformist of it. Oh, <laughs> I think we've only. I think there's only out of. I've done. 35 episodes only 30 are out so far 31 i think i think only two uh, guests have been dropouts i'm the drama school dropout that's fine that's fine then well i'd love to come on at any time honestly genuinely let's sort it out and you can come on and perfect we can can take you through the structure of my podcast which is slightly (laughs) more
0: chaotic than yours i I hope you enjoyed and um yeah all the best oh i've had the
1: best time i've had the best time
0: So there you go, that was my conversation with Ingram Noble. I'd like to thank him again very much for his time and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was a very, very fun one to record. If you remember from the intro, I'm recording this week's episode from a walk home from work. So I apologise, the sound in the intro and the sound right now will not be very good compared to usual. But the normal conversation should sound good. So I also apologise to Elliot for the sound being so poor because I'm recording this on my phone on my walk. I'm getting soaked right now, so I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. I'm not going to do the whole please give us a review thing because you heard the advert, you heard me in the intro. It does genuinely mean a lot. So if you can do all those things to help us keep growing, really, really appreciate it. You can also go and find out a bit more about Ingram. Check out his podcast as well. I also apologise for how breathy this intro and outro probably is as I'm walking up a hill and stuff. And it's quite just a lot of rain going on. So maybe I do sound a little bit like breathy and I don't know, just not as good as usual I'm, I am apologise, I just wanted to give you an intro and outro so you're very very welcome, I don't know why I'm t- still talking, I'm talking absolutely mint anyway, thank you as always for listening I hope wherever you are in the world you're well have a lovely week and if you're in Edinburgh, enjoy the fringe go and see stuff, go and support the local art scene we're back in next Tuesday for another episode of Just Get A Real Job
1: Just Get A Real Job